around the world and here at home, bringing relief, hope, and the life-changing message of Jesus. You're listening to the Mize Missions Podcast with Terry Mize. Hello, everyone. God bless you, and welcome today to Terry Mize Ministries Podcast. As always, Terry and I are thrilled you're out there listening. We're believing, God, that the words on these podcasts, everyone individually, will be a blessing to you and be heard at the appropriate time, and they will achieve the goal the Holy Spirit always has, is that He's able to reach down into your heart and bring insight, direction, comfort, (laughs) and maybe a needed, um, you know, little rebuke or instruction there that could help you um, do things a little bit better than you've been doing them. So Terry and I today are out here in um, the United States of America, Middle America, uh, getting ready to just minister to you and share with you the good news of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. We want to remind you, you can find us at terrymize.com as well as always at terrymizeministries.org website. So we look forward to hearing from you. All of our ministry schedule is there. Any of the wonderful teaching tools that we have that Terry has available for you that are not theory, as he says so often. They are absolute lifestyles of 50 years in ministry to the world. Well, darling, let's talk about what we've been doing, where we're going, and and how it can... uh, benefit the people of God in this day and time, what we're doing and preaching and saying. And uh, we know God's got good stuff for everybody here. Well, amen. You know, this uh, whole year we've been celebrating the fact that we've had 50 years in uh, in ministry, and here we are in uh, November, and that 50 years is almost uh, in the history books. But uh, today we're in Gatlinburg, Tennessee. In fact, we're leaving here today actually headed for home. Right. Uh, and uh, we've been in tremendous meetings. We left home, uh, well, Friday will be, uh, day after tomorrow will be four weeks. Four weeks ago. And uh, we uh, went to Montreal, Canada, had wonderful, <laughs> marvelous meetings yes, there. Yes, we did. In fact, the pastor there, Pierre Sears, has sent me a, just since we've been here, actually, just sent me a, an email of verifying um, some of the wonderful miracles, quite a number of the wonderful miracles that took right. place while we were there, that people have come in, they've, they've verified, they've checked, and the legitimate, uh, valid miracles that God did while we were there. And, and you know, we talked, I think, uh, earlier, uh, maybe last week on the podcast, about how there was one one pastor there that had been in a horrible tra- uh, tractor uh, accident. That's right. That uh, he, uh, a, a tractor was, uh, had uh, somehow gotten loose, gotten in motion. He was off the tractor. And he was down in the tractor, somehow slid uh, and was moving, and he was pinned between the tractor and a tree. That's he right. couldn't move, and the tractor was just, you know, uh, had him pinned between the tractor and the tree and, and uh, did some terrible damage to him. And so uh, he was just in excruciating pain, and the doctors couldn't help him and, and right. uh, had done some damage to his body. And so uh, uh, Pastor Sears' uh, wife, uh, Louise had called him and said, you need to be at these meetings. Terry and Renee Myers are coming and you need to be at these meetings. And he said, well, I would, I would absolutely love to. I'm just in such pain. I just can't, uh, uh, I, I just can't go back and forth, you know, to the meetings. And she said, then you just need to sleep at the church. And so That's they right. fixed him a, they prepared him a place at the church. That's right. And he slept there at the church, uh, for those four days of meeting, those nine sessions that we That's did. Right. 
and he was in every one of them, so on the front row every right. every That's session, right. nine sessions. And and God healed him, Renee, yes, he and did. ministered to him and <laughs> blessed him. And he was so happy when he left. He had a big smile on his face, and he was he was walking up and down and, and almost, almost running around yeah. the church, you know. And, and just some tremendous miracles yeah. that took place. And anyway, we came from there to uh, the Great Missions Conference that we talked to you about at Ken Harbaugh's place in Eaton, uh, Ohio. Marvelous missions conference there, and we were able to bless so many missionaries uh, not only with the word and build them up spiritually, but also financially. And uh, I think over uh, one hundred and twenty thousand uh, dollars were committed to give to them, and our were given to them. Right. And, and when we left, and that's not even counting the uh, the faith commitments or the faith cards to come in uh, for the support for the this this coming year. So I don't even know what the final total of that was, but bless those precious missionaries. From from there, we went and ministered. In Virginia, for our dear friends Kevin and Melinda Gartsky, and uh, then from there to Brother Copeland's uh, meeting, wonderful meeting, mm-hmm. uh, the D.C. Uh, Washington D.C. Victory Campaign, and and uh, Kenneth ministered the Word of God, and George Pearson's ministered, and and uh, it, the Word was just rich. And they actually did an interview with me. In fact, you can go on our right. our website or on our uh, my Facebook <coughs> page and see it. And uh, Tim Fox of uh, BVOVN interviewed me. Right. Uh, for 15 minutes uh, before one of the evening serv- before the first evening service Thursday night, and that was really good. We just had a dynamite uh, right. uh, interview, and I mean yeah. there was no time wasted. It was hot no, and heavy right. uh, from right. start to finish, and we talked about miracles and, and shared some miracles, and it was just a really good interview. And again, you could go to uh, our website terrymize.com or terrymizeministries.org, or you could go to I guess you can see it on on uh, kcm.org. Brother Copeland's uh, website, uh, or BVOVN. I don't know where they actually put it, but uh, and it's on my Facebook page and and uh, as well. So uh, you can see that if you'd like to view that uh, uh, interview. And then from there, we uh, from the victory campaign, we came uh, to here to Gatlinburg, Tennessee, and uh, our dear friend, dear dear friend, longtime friend, Mark Barkley, uh, right. who's a prophet of God and and like I said, a dear friend, uh, was doing a, a meeting, straight talk. Uh, for ministers, it's just for ministers. There were, uh, I think there were um, uh, 84 of us. Usually he only has about 50. And uh, by choice, I mean, he limits it to about 50. And this time, uh, more showed up, more showed up, more showed up. And, and uh, he just couldn't turn them away. So we had 85 uh, people here in that meeting. And that was Monday night and then uh, Monday, uh, Tuesday morning and then last night. And today's Wednesday, Word Wednesday, and we're headed home. going to... Uh, take off here in a little bit and and, and go uh, go west, young man. That's right. You're going to be preaching some services in Texas, and we'll keep you posted more on that. But you know what I've seen, Terry, and so many everywhere we've we've been is that there are real pockets of people in America that are very very hungry, sold out, dedicated to the things of God, and they're with all their might, their strength, their resources. They are doing everything to promote the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ and to stand stand in prayer and in faith and put their money where their mouth is to really protect this country and to give us a voice in freedom to preach the gospel around the world. And I want to encourage all of you that in all of these places that Terry and I have been, the different people that we've talked to, the different churches that have been represented, um, that there still has to be a major cultural 
uh, revival here in America. Uh, people are hungry for answers. They want the truth. They're tired of business as usual. They want a move of God. They want to see souls won. They want to see our country back healthy again and producing and doing the things that, that God has called this nation to be. And that is a leader of the, to the world to influence them in areas of just simple things like prosperity <laughs> and freedom no, of speech right. and the ability to be the master of your own ship and not be codependent on anybody else. I mean, God doesn't want you looking to anybody but him. And what I've said for so many years, you know, it's not dot G-O-V. <laughs> we go to capital G-O-D, and we trust him, and we believe in him, and we show you and preach to you uh, from the word of God the power principles of individual success and the ability to dominate as God gave the human race in Adam, to Adam in Genesis 1.26. He gave us the ability to dominate and have absolute authority and influence. No, that was his absolute will. He said, that's let right. them have dominion over, yeah, that's right. over the birds of the, of the air, the fish of the sea, the cattle of the field, and over all the earth. God and, wants his people to dominate. And I still see, uh, sadly... Far too many Christians that are uh, complacent, they're either lazy or they're cowardly or they're disinterested and distracted. Selfish. And selfish. I mean, that's just so sad you know, to Renee, see we that. We talk all the time. In the church. Especially when I'm preaching on spiritual authority. Right. I tell churches all the time how important they are, how important the church is, that the church is the only entity on the planet that can handle terrorism because it's a demon and exactly. the church is the only entity exactly. that can handle demon spirits. And I talk about how, how important the church is, how big the church is. The church is huge. Uh, there's churches in every town. I mean, there's just, the church is the biggest thing there is. And, and the church proved that very thing last Tuesday right. on election day. They proved how important they are because they sit at home on their blessed assurance That's right. and did not go vote. Now, I'm sure our friends voted, and a lot of the Word of Faith people certainly voted, but statistics say uh, CBN announced that only 28% of the church voted. Evangelicals. That, yeah. Evangelicals, and they said in 34%, of religious people. I don't know how they figured the difference between evangelicals and religious people. But they right. said they, they finally creeped the numbers up to 34% and said 28% of the church voted and 34% and of the religious people voted. But what that says is, is that 72% of the church stayed home and did not vote. Right. As compared and, and, to 80, 82% of the church that voted in 2016. In 2016. You know, in 2016, whenever uh, uh, we put Mr. Trump in the White House, you and I started at that point two years ago, we started saying loud and all That's over right. this nation, That's we right. started saying the church has two years. The church has two years. The church has two years. God's given America a reprieve. God's given America uh, an open window, a chance here. There's a window of time. We have two years for the church to be loud, to be in your face, to be a voice, to be right. important, right. to to turn this thing and to from now on control every election that there is. I mean, the church is big enough and powerful enough that if we would vote together, we would control every election from the White House 
to the courthouse, to the schoolhouse. That's exactly right. Now with all this gender nonsense, uh, we'd even control the outhouse, control who goes to the bathroom where. No doubt. And and yet the church sat home on her blessed assurance and did not vote. And it just makes me want to give them all a spanking and just say, what is wrong with you that you're not being the dominant force? You're not being the church triumphant. You're not showing up at the polls and saying, by God, we will control who's in what house. House, right. and we will control what our government does. And the church didn't do it. And I tell you what, I, you know, I said the other day, I hope Mr. Trump does not get discouraged over this and turn his back on the church like right. the church has turned her back on him because he oh, has stood right. for the church. He's that's given right. the church freedoms. He's done away with the Johnson Act, which means that the pastor can stand in his pulpit and tell people how to vote and who to vote for and what the voting issues are. And, and, and you know, Johnson, President Johnson stopped that back in the 70s and said, Pastors have to keep their mouth shut, and they can't talk about voting. Uh, yet, 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 Hollywood can talk about voting. Late night uh, idiots on television can talk about voting, and yet the church had to stay silent, and the preachers couldn't say anything about voting. And President Trump took that gag off of us and that bondage off of us, and said the pastors can stand in their pulpit and tell the people who to vote for, how to vote for, and what the voting issues are. And the church sat at home and did nothing. Well, and I'm, Who was it? Edmund that said all that it takes for evil to triumph is that good men, men do, do nothing. nothing. All that it takes for evil to triumph is right. that good men do nothing. I remember decades ago whenever whenever there was just a slaughter going on in Bosnia and Herzegovina and, and people just being slaughtered and nobody was doing anything about it. And I remember the, the Iron Maiden, I mean the Iron Lady, I mean Margaret Thatcher, the Prime Minister of Great Britain, flew to America to see her friend, President Ronald Reagan. And she went to the White House and she said to him, uh, all that it takes for evil to triumph is good men do nothing. We must do something about this. And so the United States and England got involved in that thing and shut that slaughter down. That's and right. uh, the, the church the church doesn't have the right to do nothing. No, that's true. The church thinks that's she can exactly just sit right. at home and do as she pleases. And then obviously she can as far as doing it, but it's sin and it's wrong. And the church does not have that right to sit home and not utter her voice and not stand for God, not stand up, speak up, uh, be visible and declare for righteousness and say, we are not going to allow the slaughter of unborn babies in the womb. We're not going to stand for the dissecting of babies and selling baby parts. We're not going to stand for you taking away the Second Amendment. We're not going to stand for you abusing Israel. We're not. We're just not going to stand for homosexuality uh, uh, to run rampant and, and, and gay marriage and all this stuff. You know, the Bible says that God forbids us to call evil good, right. and the church is sitting around just sucking on her thumb and calling evil good or allowing it to be done. And I just say shame on the church. Well, and I I try to figure this out going, you know, traveling with you and seeing all the things that we see in all the churches and hearing what we hear, everything from television to Christian leaders and and radio and all of the ways we can get news on the Internet. It has to be three or four different reasons why, and I'm sure there are, there are categories and numbers that would match that up. But first of all, I think there's a great many in the church that do not value 
the influence that God wants the church to have in the earth. They're ignorant and they don't know how to value how important one vote is and how important their voice is. We don't just want to vote. We want to speak up. No, absolutely. We want to have an impact. Yeah, be bold, be loud, be proud. I mean, we're not there to argue. We say all the time, have the the fierceness of an Old Testament warrior coupled with the kindness and love and forgiveness and grace and faith of a New Testament believer. Well, and there has to be that in the church. When the church does it, when you don't value your prayer, your vote, your church attendance, your offering, then I don't know how to help you because people do not have, if you don't have a sense of that you are more than a conqueror and that you are the head and not the tail and that when you get there, God gets there and that when I pray, something happens. I don't know what, but something's going to happen. And that when I speak up and say something, I'll speak as the oracles of God. Well, many church people say, well, I just won't vote because I don't like the way things are going. Well, when you don't vote, you really are voting. You're voting for for evil. You're right. voting for the opposite thing happening uh, when we you, you're supposed to be voting Bible principles, right. Bible right. Uh, rights, Bible declarations, Bible godly principles, uh, you, things that God stands for, and you don't vote for things that God hates. No, and things right. that God hates when you don't vote for God and don't vote at all, then you're voting anyway for things that God hates. Well, and I think it's a it's a very immature emotional perspective is to think that either I'm so little that what I think doesn't count, or that or that what is out there I can't influence, or it's not important enough for me to get involved sure. in. Well, you know, Mr. And, Trump made a horrible mistake this last year, year last year, year ago when he when he went ahead against his own will and against his own knowing better and he said himself he shouldn't have done it and he did never do it again but when he went for the omnibus package which still funded Planned Parenthood that made a lot of the church feel like that he had betrayed us because he 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 promised to stand with the church and to defund uh, Planned Parenthood and so on so well I believe he still can and still will but he really made a mistake whenever he did not uh, when he accepted that ungodly thing inside that the Democrats just folded it inside the omnibus bill. And so when he signed the omnibus bill, then that funded Planned Parenthood. And that turned a lot of Christians off, including me. I'm very upset that he did it. But nevertheless, we're still not going to vote for evil. We're still not going to go for evil things. And, uh, and and Christians seem to be upset about three things with Mr. Trump. The fact that he, he funded Planned Parenthood, the fact that he has not built the wall, even though he said he was going to do it. That's one of his campaign promises. Of course, the Democrats have obstructed that and stopped that and held the money. I believe he's still going to build it, but we've got to help him build it. And we were really, we really put a nail in his coffin whenever we uh, didn't vote this, this election and let the Democrats take over. Uh, and, and, and with, their, with their, their agenda of not building the wall, being obstructionist. And then, and then thirdly, uh, he didn't do away with Obamacare, and he had promised to do away with Obamacare. So those three things, uh, the church felt like he betrayed them or didn't stand with them and those things. But, you know, he's still for those principles. He still wants to do it, but he's going to have to have help, and the way to help him is to vote for him and not vote against him. Right. Well, I, and I, as I said, I think that that number one reason people didn't show up was because they, they don't value their influence sure. and they don't value their prayers. They don't value their church attendance. And then number two is that they 
have have a you know a, a sense of uh, they're very what the Bible calls mentally fragile, weak-minded, and they uh, can be offended easily, <laughs> and they think it's all down to a personality. One nineteen says, Great. "Blessed are they that have that love thy law, love. and nothing Things shall offend nothing." N o t h i n g, nothing right. shall offend them. The church needs to quit being offendable. Well, and they have such a fragile conscience till if somebody doesn't say it just right, and they're like Goldilocks Christians, that if the pastor says one thing wrong, or there's no, something doesn't just make them feel all warm and fuzzy, which is the gospel that's being preached in a lot of churches today, that is not, as Terry was saying earlier, it is not creating fierce champions of the gospel. And a lot of that and, has to be laid not only at the church's feet, but at the pastor's feet. At the what pastor's the feet. Pastor? teaching his people. Well, and and again, it's a different mindset. When you read the Old Testament, you see a people in Israel like in Joshua and different menace, different people in the Old Testament, David, different ones the the people that led people into battle that there was a sense of that we're going into battle. And there's a, it's a mindset. So I say that it's the emotional, the soulish realm, that in your brain, in your mind, in your emotions, you have to have a fight, and there has to be a lack of being offended, weak, the Bible calls it weak-minded, weak-minded. mentally fragile, mm-hmm. <laughs> emotionally fragile, mm-hmm. and your conscience is tender in the wrong way, that, uh, that you want everything around you in such a warm, fuzzy, cocooned lifestyle, that if anyone says, in other words, you can't hear truth if it's not by the right person you like. And I've I trained our congregation over and over. I said, I don't care if Kermit the Frog comes in here. I don't care if somebody that's just, you know, from the other side of the tracks that offends you in their, in their uh, appearance, outer appearance. But you've, <coughs> excuse me, you've got to know truth when you hear it, regardless of who the vessel is. No, and if right. you'll not be offended by the vessel, you give God a much broader playing field to get truth into your heart. If you're not offended by personalities, then you can hear truth. And a lot of people are offended by Mr. Trump's, uh, I call it, you know, kind of streetwise New York, uh, you know, construction worker vocabulary. (laughs) Well, you know what? He's toned his vocabulary down. Uh, You know, to his credit, I mean, he used to talk pretty bawdy and pretty bad, and now he's kind of resigned everything he doesn't hardly say anything but the h word anymore he says no. <laughs> he says hell once in a while but uh he's has certainly toned his uh uh his speech down but right. you know again we we didn't vote for a pastor we voted for a president no that's right excuse me y'all and uh i wrote a, i wrote an, a, a a post on facebook last week yes, before the election did, and it was awesome and uh facebook didn't even post it all day long i tell you they censored it and then finally finally i think an angel poked him with a sword and said you better post that but I talked about how that, how, how that I'm, I'm just shocked at the church that says, well, we don't like Mr. Trump for talking bad, and we don't like Mr. Trump because he, he, he committed a, a adultery and, and, and this, that, and the other. And I said, you know, he committed adultery when he was a sinner. He's now a Christian. Sinners sin. That's what they do. And I said, I can't believe that you think Republicans really talk that nice because I, I know preachers that don't talk nice. I don't put up with it when I'm around them, but I, I get around preachers that they don't talk nice and Christians that don't talk nice, but uh, certainly Republicans don't talk nice. But, uh, but then I said, you know, the Democrat Party, over the years, it's, I'm a, they've just been whoremongers and, 
and, and, and evil and crooked in the White House. You know, we made John Kennedy a, a hero because he got assassinated in office. That's what you do when somebody gets assassinated or dies. We make a hero out of them, a saint out of them. But, you know, Kennedy was horrible. He was an awful man. Uh, man, he, he committed adultery on Jackie, on his wife, time and time and time again. He was a whoremonger. He was a sleazebag. You know, he was common. He was famous for bringing girls out of the out of the secretarial pool there at the White House and having them meet him at lunch and swim naked in the White House pool. It's the the Secret Service had a revolving door of women in and out to, to his bedroom, uh, right under Jackie's nose, right in front of her face, and then uh, then then Robert Kennedy, the Attorney General, President Kennedy's brother, who then ran for president and was also assassinated. He and President Kennedy shared Marilyn Monroe. She was the shared whore among the two of them uh, and then Ted Kennedy the other brother the other Kennedy brother who ran for was going to run for president and couldn't because he ran uh, off he was a drunk and ran over off a bridge with a with a, one of his uh, campaign workers Mary Jo uh, Kopechny in, the, in, in Chappaquiddick and murdered her I mean left her to die uh, and drown in that car while he himself escaped. I mean, those guys were evil. They were wicked. And then, of course, there's the great President Clinton who brought, you know, interns right into the Oval Office to have sex. And then there was President Johnson who was famous. Lyndon Johnson, I, I hate to say this because he was a Texan, but Lyndon Johnson was famous for being vulgar and perverted and foul-mouthed. And he would literally, Renee, bring people into the Oval Office, unzip his pants, pull out his sexual organ, and show it to everybody, and, and then call it jumbo and just, just brag on, on the, the size of his organ. I mean, th those guys were perverted and dirty. And then they say, well, shame on President Trump because he... He committed adultery one time. Well, he did, and I hate it, and it was wrong, and it was awful, and it was terrible. But, you know, uh, he was a sinner then, and sinners sin, but he didn't do half the stuff that the Democrat presidents have done in the White House. And I'll get off my high horse. <laughs> well, you know, all those things being true, the church has to be bigger than that, and the church has to be in a position to where we recognize our authority, and men and women are, are failures and their natural human existence. But if the church will line up with somebody that has a sense of respect for the church, like the Republicans and Mr. Trump has tried to do, then I've always felt like the bigness of God in me was greater than the sin in them. And so I, I wanted to remind everybody before we leave you the know, air when today. President Trump has a problem spiritually. He, he calls <clears throat> Paula White. Uh, constantly and says, Paula, what does the Bible say about this? Paula, what should I do about this? What, what does, what does, what does God say about this? I mean, at least he's getting good and godly spiritual counsel. Well, somebody around there has a Bible, that's for sure. But in First Chronicles chapter twelve, it talks about the mighty men of valor that went out to meet David, and it even lists some of the Philistines came out to fight with David. And you know, they had been arch enemies of him, along with all the men that came out of the twelve tribes. And it says David went out to meet them, <laughs> and I think this is so interesting. He says, and he said to them, "If you have come peaceably to help me." He said, then my, my heart shall be knit to you. And I, this is one of the greatest conversations in the whole Bible. And that's the fact that we're going out 
to work with a political party, anybody, I don't care who it is. You know, God's always been looking just, the eyes of the Lord run to and fro. God sought for a man to stand in the gap. You know, God's looking for just somebody he can work with. And so I want to encourage you today to read this. He said, my heart will be knit to you. In other words, if you've, if you've come, come to, help to help the me. church, if you've come to help the church, if you've come to help the people of God, if you want to help us have some freedom, if you want to give us the liberty to preach the gospel around the world, lower our taxes, protect our nation, protect, um, Israel. protect Israel, hey, my heart shall be knit to you. But if you have come to betray me to my adversaries, although there is no wrong or violence in my hands, may the God of our fathers look upon and rebuke you. And then it says in verse 18, Then the Spirit came upon Amasai, who was chief of the captains, and he said, Yours we are, David, and on your side, you son of Jesse, peace be to you, and peace be to your helpers, for your God helps you. Then it says David received them, and they became helpers in his war. Yeah. I'm telling you, for the, ever since I found what, that... That's what President Washington, President Lincoln said, <clears throat> that God's on our side. God's we on, want God to be on our side. That's right. And when I, I, I know years ago, 40-something years ago, when Dean and I first went to Corpus Christi, and I was praying about God sending people to help us, I was laying on my tummy back in that dirty old carpet on that nasty old carpet there in the old little theater praying and asking God to send us help in my Bible I came across this chapter and I began to pray it's new test even though it's in the Old Testament it lines up everything you're ever going to need in a local church so I want to encourage all of you to take the word of God be bold be strong don't be lazy offendable and and fearful don't be a coward in this day. Stand strong. As Terry was saying earlier in the program, have the mindset of a warrior in the Old Testament and then our hearts flooded with the love of God so that we can go into all the world without prejudice, without all of this ridiculous stuff that's touted in America where we're, we're just these mentally fragile people that have to be spoken to politically correctly. And then we have all of this identity politics that just tries to pit one race and personality and gender against another the church has to be bigger and grander and greater than all of that no absolutely absolutely you know I, I, I said last I said last broadcast I think that there is no victory at bargain prices no that's right expect a victory <laughs> that's right it's gonna cost you something and faith and reason right. do not live in the same house let me end it with this. We read this last week. Let me read it again. Ezekiel 22. God said, I sought for a man. Yes. I sought for a man among Hallelujah. them that Use should me, make Lord. up the hedge Use and me, stand Lord. in the gap before me for the land that I should not destroy it. But I found none. None. God said, I How is that possible? for a man and I found none. Let me say to you today, God needs you. God needs a body to work through on the earth. That's, That's right. you. God needed a Daniel. He needed a John the Baptist. He needed a David. He needed a Paul. He needed a Peter. And he needs you. And That's he needs right. the church exactly. to step up, stand up, speak up, and be loud and in your face and declare right. that we are conquerors more than. Yes, That hallelujah. we are the men and women of God. That we are <laughs> the church triumphant. And that we are large and in charge. We have dominion. And we're going to take this nation and run this nation and uh, get the gospel to the world. 
Exactly. In Hallelujah. I think you and I have preached ourselves happy. And we not, we're not, you know, like Brother, the Lord, the Lord, Brother Osteen would always tell our congregation there at Lakewood, he would say, he said, y'all, I'm not just preaching. This is the truth. This is the truth. <laughs> and so I want to encourage all of you today to seek out the truth of the Word of God. Be bold and be strong, as Terry said. And we're always here to cheer you on. We're your best cheerleaders outside of the Holy Ghost and the, and the kingdom of God out there. We're out there cheering for you that you're going to be strong in these last days full of the Holy Ghost and we're here to help you in every way that we possibly can to give you information resources and products and and um, go around the world preaching the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ look for us at terrymiesministries.com and then also just terrymiesministries.org and then terrymies.com we're always here for you and remember you are more More than than conquerors conquerors. bye bye see you next time You've been listening to a Mize Missions podcast. For all the latest updates to our global projects, speaking engagements, and social media, visit us at terrymize.com. You can partner with us to give living bread to dying men around the world. Get involved at terrymize.com. Until next time, thanks for joining us. This has been a presentation of Terry Mize Ministries.